Welcome to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. When will the next recession hit? Well, it depends on who you ask. Yahoo Finance's senior columnist Rick Newman has been asking around, and most economists expect a recession to come sometime between the next three and five years, though most, Rick, are saying perhaps by the end of 2020. That's right. Uh, so a, a recession is not around the corner. It's not going to happen uh, this year and probably not next year. But there are some reasons to be concerned about late 2019 and then 2020. Uh, and some of those concerns we're seeing every day in the headlines because they're policy uh, issues with tra- uh, tariffs, the tariffs tr- President Trump wants to put on imports, the trade wars. Uh, and now he's uh, sort of trying to talk down interest rates and targeting the Federal Reserve Chair, Jay Powell. So uh, this could actually contribute uh, to a recession. It could, uh, If he actually persists with these things, uh, this could uh, bring a recession on sooner. Uh, uh, it could make a recession longer. Um, but one way or another, I mean, bu- the business cycle just goes through expansions and contractions, and we are uh, very far along in a business cycle expansion. So we're just sort of due for a recession. Now, I know you're doing a whole series for Yahoo Finance on how to survive the next recession for investors listening to this. What can they do now to situate themselves the best way possible? Well, let's talk first about what the next recession is probably going to be like. I think if there's any good news, uh, the next recession is probably not going to be like the last one. The last one was terrible. It was almost a depression. We had a financial crash and we had a uh, crash in the housing market as well. So twin busts. Um, and we know that, you know, we had Wall Street banks failing. Uh, we called it, the, we dubbed it the Great Recession. That's right, obviously. No. Um, so there's no reason to think we're going to go through that again because there have actually, the safeguards that have been put in place since then are actually working. And there, we, there, are no re, there are no reasons to think we have these sort of giant bubbles forming the way we did back then. But we still have imbalances in the system. There's a lot, there's a lot of corporate debt out there, for example, um, record levels of corporate debt, actually. And a lot of it is uh, low-rated, uh, high-yield debt, or otherwise known as junk debt. Uh, that could be that could certainly contribute to what the next recession look looks like. So uh, the economists I've been uh, asking uh, think we may uh, the next recession may be a garden variety recession if there is such a thing, which we'll, means we'll take that. Uh, yeah, which means uh, the unemployment rate might hit seven point five percent. The last time around, it hit ten percent, so it might not be that bad. Um, you know, we probably won't see housing values plunge by thirty and forty percent like we did the last time around. Although we could see a um, we could see, you know, s- some uh, declines in home values. Uh, and there certainly will be layoffs. I mean, that happens every time. And, uh, you know, the time to get ready for something like that is when times are good, which is why I'm writing about this now, because right now times are pretty good. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, we always look in the rearview mirror and go, oh, yeah, we I should guess have seen those it were the warning signs. I mean, the current economic expansion, as you say, very long in the tooth, just entered its 10th year, which is twice the average length since 1945. So in essence, you don't need to be an economist to figure we're due for a recession. Right. And, and economists, uh, I mean, tell you all the time, like, you know, uh, a, a bull market in the stock in, in the stock market, bull markets don't die of old age. Uh, a business expansion doesn't die of old age. There has to be something that brings on the recession. But uh, if you just look at a simple chart of the unemployment rate and then uh, recessions over time, the unemployment is very, very low right now. And what you see is recessions begin when unemployment is very, very low, just as it is now. And that's counterintuitive. But Mm -hmm. the reason for that is that uh, when uh, unemployment is low, that means wages are usually going up. 
uh, wage wage growth is a good thing uh, at one uh, you know up to a certain extent, but it's also inflationary. So um, wages are rising. Wages is one of the things that pushes prices up. Uh, the Federal Reserve needs to get involved, and that's why the Federal Reserve raises rates uh, at, at sort of this point in the business cycle where we are. And, th- and those things combined, and then throw in a couple of other factors, I mean, there's always some sort of unpredictable thing, uh, you know, that confluence of factors coming together in ways no one quite foresaw is what usually causes a recession. And if you look at that, you know, where we are in that chart right now, unemployment is very low, uh, and, the, and the Federal Reserve is starting to raise interest rates, uh, and that is, you know, that can be an inflection point in the economy. What about President Trump's recent criticism of Fed Chief Jerome Powell and his central bank starting to raise interest rates? He tweeted out, tightening now hurts all that we've done. The U.S. should be allowed to recapture what was lost due to illegal currency manipulation and bad trade deals. I have no idea what he's talking about. Uh, I mean, we all sort of know his riff about bad trade deals. Uh, We don't lose from trade. Um, We buy stuff. To say that we lose on these trade deals is like saying that when you go to McDonald's and buy a hamburger, you just lost $2.49. You didn't. You paid money for something and you got a product in return. Um, so uh, it just, I guess it makes you wonder if President Trump understands economics at the end of the day. Well, that he doesn't, he, that he doesn't seem see to. The need I mean, to to incrementally and gradually raise interest rates. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody expects him to uh, have a PhD in economics. Right, but, but he does um, have a team it around is him. Fairly of straight. I mean, you know, monetary. The, the job of the Federal Reserve is fairly straightforward, and we 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 know how monetary monetary policy works. Oh, you know, we've we have decades of practice here to study. Uh, and it is just standard procedure accepted by just about every economist in the world that uh, it is prudent for the Federal Reserve to modestly raise interest rates at a time such as we're in right now to prevent the economy from overheating. Otherwise, you just get you just get inflation that you can't control or is much harder to control and more severe uh, than it otherwise needs to be. So this is now, you know, so as with many things with, with Trump, we have to see, is this just a passing, is this just a passing fad? Is just, will he just get his couple of tweets out there and then we won't hear about this for a while and he won't really do anything? Or is he now really going to start, is he really going to start to browbeat the Federal Reserve ch- uh, chair into Who he put cha- in place. And basically, it's his guy. Yeah, it's his guy. Is he going to basically try to get the Fed to change its policy uh, for I don't even know if you could say for political reasons because I don't think too many people are complaining that interest rates are t- mm-hmm. are too high. Well, hopefully the Fed will remain. I mean, we've been through independent. A peri- we've been through a period of time when people were complaining that interest rates were too low, right? Because they couldn't make any money on fixed income investments. So. I, I, you know, Trump and is. Frankly, he's, I mean, he honestly, he just sounds like a real estate guy who wants the lowest possible interest <laughs> rates because everything's financed by debt. And um, if and when a recession comes, the Fed does need some weapons in its arsenal to help fight right. that. And at least they're building themselves a cushion by raising interest right, rates. Right, because now. what the Fed does during a recession is cut interest rates to stimulate lending. Um, but you can't cut interest rates if they're, they're if they're at zero. two. <laughs> right, you don't have right, just right. you know the Fed usually tries to cut interest. I mean the no, the norm the, the average is five uh, percentage point interest rate cuts. So, for example, from 7% to 2% or what we saw the last time around was from about 5% all the way down to zero. You know, I'm curious what role Europe will play in a U.S led recession. Uh, because Europe is, uh, England in particular, very vulnerable right now, especially with Brexit. Yeah. So let's go back to the investing question you asked before, which I didn't really answer. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to come back to it. But yes, uh, how can investors you know, so, best set themselves right, up to so protect you, their assets? So again, if you're trying to figure out how this next recession might go, 
Uh, U.S. banks are actually in very good shape. So uh, there's every reason to think that the U.S. banking sector will weather the recession. We're not going to have the defaults, the worries, the bailouts um, uh, like we saw last time. European banks are not quite as healthy. Uh, and some of the problems that we saw with uh, uh, the bad debt in the, per the so-called periphery, the southern periphery of Europe, uh, some of, the, some of the, those problems are still there. Um, and there's probably more bad debt on the uh, balance sheets of European banks and American banks. So that could be uh, that could be that could cause more problems in Europe than here. Um, you know, what we saw last time is the recession started in the United States, but it was also the United States that led the world out of recession last time around. Uh, in large part because of very aggressive policy measures here. So I think that would probably happen again. So what can investors do if they sort of see that, look, we, we, we know what's about to happen or going to happen mm -hmm. at some point. It's the inevitable. What can they do to start protecting their assets? So a uh, recession is almost always accompanied by a bear market in stocks. Uh, it would be normal for, uh, for the S&P 500 to fall 25 percent or more. Um, that, that, that does happen. I think people uh, are probably somewhat complacent about those kinds of stock market declines right now because we have been on a – we're in the 10th year of a bull market that has done terrifically since it bottomed out in 2009. We've had some a few wobbles along the way, but people are not used to losing money in the stock market. But it's important to remind people you can lose a lot of money. So, <clears throat> Investors uh, tend to have a short memory span yes, they huh, do. when it comes they to do. losing money in um, the market. So I want to be careful that I'm not giving investing advice because uh, so much depends on your personal circumstances. And your, your time your, horizon. Your age, your your time age horizon. for sure, right, um, how risk tolerant you are. So I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody what they should do with their money. Um, for If you're younger, you have to worry about this less because you have the virtue of time, at least with regard to retirement savings. I mean, you could do nothing with your money, uh, lose 25 percent, but then, you know, gain it back and then some, you know, as time goes on. Um, other people need to be more careful. Um, <clears throat> so if you, if you think this scenario is coming, assume there will be, you know, I don't know, 25 percent drop in stocks because that's normal. Um, you might want to uh, move your assets around. Um, so you can move, and it's worth keeping in mind, we hear about so-called defensive sectors in stocks, mm -hmm. but what is normal in a uh, bear market is that all sectors go down. There is no no sector that- um, No place that to hide. They're, they're not in stocks. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, so everything loses. Some lose less than others. Um, but, you know, the sort of famous defensive such as utilities, they, they go down, too. So everything goes down. Um, so cash is obviously one thing you can do. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's never a good idea to sort of move all of your money at once. If you do feel like you want to reposition, uh, you should always do it over time because <clears throat> as much as economists like to predict and we, you know, every Wall Street analyst has a target for the S&P 500, the fact is nobody knows. Nobody knows when a recession will start or a bear market will start. Nobody knows how long it's going to last and nobody knows when it'll end. Um, and when it's ha it's even hard to tell as it is happening. We only often know that a recession has begun six, nine, or 12 months later. Mm -hmm. uh, it can sometimes take that long. We say, oh, yeah, we're in a recession. Right. Um, and then you don't really know when you're out of it uh, right. until six, nine, or 12 months later. So, you know, if you're going to move money, do it in small increments over time. <laughs> it's sort of the reverse of a dollar cost averaging strategy where you're dollar cost averaging, you're moving money into investments in a measured, graduated way, a little a little bit at a time, perhaps on a schedule. You could do the same thing in reverse. Um, put some of it into cash, uh, bond funds, short and medium-term bond funds with high-quality assets, not high-yield 
uh, but investment Those grade. Those are the riskier. Yeah. The riskier <clears throat> so there's a there's a a uh, an index called the Barclays Aggregate Index of bonds. Um, there are a lot of mutual funds and ETFs that track the, the so-called Barclay, Barclays Ag mm-hmm. Index. Um, that did uh, that actually uh, provided modest single-digit returns in 2007, 2008, and 2009 when the stock market was crashing. So that looks like a fairly <laughs> safe place to put um, some money. Um, gold is another place people put money, but gold can lose money as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, gold can go down as well, and there were periods of time. I went back and I looked at how these various assets did um, during the stock market crash from 2007 to 2009, and gold uh, did go down for a period of time. It, um, it came back what, up. What was a successful hedge then for folks back then? <laughs> Just these things we're talking about: yeah. ca- cash and um, uh, you know safe bond safe bond right. funds for the most part. You can also um, you know you there's also <laughs> you can also spend money. Um, for example, there's an idea. Um, if you're comfortable, if you know, if you if you don't have to worry about getting laid off for some reason, and you're considering a home improvement project, um, that is a that could be a very smart investment if you do the right thing. Um, uh, so, and you may get a deal on the contract. You might. Or two. That's right, because because uh, contractors might need the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't now. Uh, it's hard to get a contractor now. Right. <laughs> that is true. Because there's so much work going on. But uh, these things change. And you know, I'm gonna. I haven't uh, reported this part of the story yet, but um, real estate is another thing to think about. So, um, you, you know, people think that real estate, it might be overvalued in some markets right now. If there is a recession, um, overvalued real estate will come down a little bit. And that could actually be an opportunity for, let's say, first-time buyers who are having a hard time getting into the market. And many are. Many uh, are in yeah. this environment. So if you, you know, that's why I'm saying, think about this mm-hmm. now. Um, and prepare yourself. So, you know, get an nest egg, and if you're waiting for an opportunity, th- these things do happen. You are a man with a plan, Rick Newman. <laughs> I, I want to talk about employers, uh, employees rather, workers. I mean, um, we said that during the time of a recession, you usually do see higher unemployment as companies are forced to lay off workers. How can a worker survive and, and hang on yeah. to their job during a recession? This is, this is a very important topic, in my opinion. Um, the last three recessions have been followed by so-called jobless recoveries. Uh, that didn't used to happen. Uh, recessions before 1990, let's say, We'd have a lot of layoffs, uh, but once it was clear the recession was over or demand started to pick up, companies would just hire all those people back. So people would get laid off. They'd basically uh, find something to do until the recession was over, and they would all just sort of go back to the same jobs. Um, That doesn't happen anymore. So (laughs) recessions, uh, employers now know uh, that when a recession happens, it's a time, it's an opportunity for employers to sort of reevaluate your whole workforce strategy. Um, if you're considering uh, a, a automation, um, that's a good time to do it because you have, for one thing, you have the top cover uh, to lay people off more than you would otherwise. Mm-hmm. Because if it's a recession, I mean, no one likes layoffs, but if your if your uh, if your revenue's going down, your profits going down, and your stock is going down, you have to do something. Um, and it's under kind of understood that layoffs, while uh, you know nobody likes them are just a thing that companies have to do when uh, the, the business cycle turns down. Mm-hmm. So what they do these days is they don't just automatically hire everybody back. They often right. just completely shift uh, the way their whole employment strategy so they can automate a division here. We know that one thing that has happened during the last couple of recessions is that the uh, training and education requirements mm-hmm. for a given job go up during, a re- uh, during mm-hmm. and after a recession. So a job that... Um, 
that used to require a bachelor's degree, employers might say, now we want somebody with a master's degree because we can get them. Right. Um, so if we can get better trained people because the, suddenly there's this much bigger pool of uh, applicants to pick from, we're going to do that. And I think the way this – one of the most important changes in the workforce that – and we will see this play out the next time around – is technology and technology skills. Um, so it's not just you know sort of educational uh, degrees. It's going to be how much technology do you know, uh, how much technical know-how do you have. Mm -hmm. And I think companies are going to get – there, you know, we already know that the technical uh, workers in the labor force right now are the ones in highest demand, and <clears throat> that's gonna that that's just gonna intensify, especially during the next recession. So, the thing to do right now mm. is get that technical training because the yeah. people who have technical know-how are gonna be the ones who survive and keep their jobs. Uh, and, and the White House just made a push recently yeah. to uh, to train workers uh, so that they can sort of come up to speed in this digital age. And in some large companies, including Lockheed Martin, I believe, are, are behind this, FedEx. Right. And I, I think the reason we're seeing companies sort of jump on board with this type of thing is they can't get the workers they need. So they got kind of sloppy. So and selfish they, motive there, but yeah, that's, that's okay. Right. That's okay. <laughs> uh, they got kind of sloppy. They figured, oh, we don't need to, you know, after the last recession, we don't need to train people anymore because we have so many workers to choose from. We can find all the workers we need in this suddenly very large pool of people mm -hmm. when the unemployment rate hit 10 percent. Well, now the unemployment rate is 4 percent and they can't find the people. So they're willing to do that. Mm -hmm. I, if you're in the if you have op an opportunity to get trained in that regard, um, it. do it. Yeah. Do it. Um, and <laughs> people who are hybrid, so-called hybrid workers, uh, you have uh, a, one traditional set of skills, but you also learn how to do some technology. Uh, data analytics, or let's say you let's say you do marketing. Well, learn how to do the data, and analytics. that could be scary. It could be scary for workers who have been in the force for a long time, right. doing things a certain way. Well, it's scarier to get laid off and then uh, find that nobody wants to hire you because you don't have the skills they want, and that is going to happen the next time around. So, Rick Newman, you're going to continue with your um, recession yep. guide. Yes, we're going to do. Uh, so, I'm going to look into uh, real estate. How you should think about real estate with the with regard to the next recession. We might look at. Um, Different age, uh, different age groups. Uh, millennial young workers, for example, have never been through a recession right. uh, as members of the labor force. Anyway, um, so that's some of this is pretty shocking when you when you right when it happens passage, for the first time. A right of passage. Well, we'll be we'll be looking <laughs> forward to all of those stories to hit the Yahoo Finance website and also to have you join us again on the podcast. Rick Newman, thanks so much. Thanks, Alexis. Thanks for listening to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast, and remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode.